tell me what is uh, Swedish Christmas? Uh, well, they do Christmas on Christmas Eve. Christmas Day is a lot less um, for them, and then they oh, just okay. have a huge smorgasbord of a bunch of different like dishes and just basically what you think of like a big Christmas feast the night before, and they have right. um, some Swedish liquor and stuff and sing songs and just do their whole... That's like their Christmas day, so we nice. just kind of, for shorthand, just call it Swedish Christmas, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Well, that's kind of that's nice. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Welcome to Taste BC Radio, where we're going on a journey to explore restaurants, breweries, wineries, and just about anywhere where we can eat or drink local. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dan, and we are talking twice a month about local BC food and drink. If you want to join in on the conversation, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at TasteBC Radio, or email us at host at tastebcradio.ca. Alright, tasters, let's get into it. Hello, Dan. Hello, Jeff. It's the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? It is, and... Today is a very special bonus episode, Christmas edition. Very little to do with Christmas, more just kind of year-end stuff. <laughs> and um, first, I want to know if uh, your Christmas plans are all getting sorted out and yes. ready to go. Absolutely. We're going to have a big uh, family gathering with both sets of families coming over to our house and oh, wow. our niece and nephew. We have to have kind of an early dinner, unfortunately, because I work nights on Christmas Eve and oh. Christmas Day, which kind of sucks, but... Just luck of the draw, I guess. Yeah, it's it, it'll happen every once in a while, and uh, hopefully as I get more senior seniority, uh, they'll I'll be able to take Christmas off more often, so... Right. Yeah. I've got, we've got all of our Christmas shopping done. We did it before December. I think we mentioned before. Yeah, you were saying that last time. Yeah. And of course I have yet to find a time to actually wrap the gifts. So there you go. Oh, that's still, the easy part. Still classic last minute Dan. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this is December 20th when we're recording this, just to put it into context. So mm-hmm. not, not actually just the 24th, even though that would be probably when you're wrapping them anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the night before is classic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've got um I've got the twenty second to twenty sixth off work. Nice. I booked it off last Christmas actually, just to make sure. <laughs> Perfect. And yeah, so I'm doing just just at home Christmas and just kind of a nice day with just me and my wife because we've got a bit of a chaotic schedule over Christmas. So yeah. we're doing that on the twenty second. On the twenty third, we're seeing my father in law. On the twenty fourth, we're doing Swedish Christmas with my sister and her fiance because he's Swedish. Amazing. Uh, and his mom's in town, and his mom being in town for their son's first, or and her first grandchild on for from her son is uh, his first Christmas is going to be. That's going to be that's very so great, special. Very great for her, yeah. Yeah. So. And then on the twenty fifth, we're doing Christmas at my parents' place with my whole dad's side of the family. Wow. And then we're doing Christmas with my mother in law on the twenty sixth. So. Oh my goodness, that is yeah, a, very uh, full, and then back to yeah. work on the twenty seventh. <laughs> That's amazing. So many festive uh, activities planned. Exactly, yeah. Now, I want to start by asking if you have any food or drink predictions for the ne- for the new year. I have a feeling, and I kind of already see a little uh, snippets of this already happening. I have a sneaking suspicion a lot of breweries are going to move towards like non-elk beers. Um, mm-hmm. I see it with Moody Ales has released a few uh, just recently. And, uh, I, I, I think this because there was a study that came out that said like the newer generation is drinking a lot less, drinking alcohol a lot less than, um, than our generation even, and the, and baby boomers and all the, all the generations before them. And I just have a sneaking suspicion that, um, a lot of smart breweries are going to kind of 
cater to that and i think it's smart just in general uh to give because not everybody likes to drink beer not everybody likes to drink hard bar some people are maybe their new year's resolution is to drink less and so this gives them a little bit of an option to still go out with friends and enjoy uh the social aspect of going to a brewery but also being able to maintain uh their their goals or if they just don't enjoy drinking anymore or if 2023 was kind of a turning point for them and they want to use this opportunity to cut back a little bit that's my prediction i i have a feeling there's gonna be a lot of non-elk options come to 2024 yeah so you think it's going to be like the the year of the non-alcoholic beer i think so yeah 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 that's fair that's fair i think i think you're on to something in terms of the drinking less obviously there's a bigger movement in in people drinking less alcohol i'm Mm -hmm. Curious if that's going to transition into non-alcoholic versions of alcoholic drinks, or if it's going to transition into just a dramatic decrease in sales of those categories of drinks in, mm. in the first place. Yeah, what yeah. I think one might feed the other as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, um, and uh, as we know, breweries are businesses, and they're looking to sell their product and um, and reach a wide variety of people as. Uh, as I would just give you more more people into your brewery and stuff. So um, that's my prediction. Whether it happens one way or the other, I'm not 100% sure. Obviously, I don't have yeah. a crystal ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, well, these are just predictions. Totally, then we can check totally. in next year and find out if we're right. <laughs> I, I, I think it's going to be the year of takeout. Oh. I think that a lot of people are going to be transitioning away, looking for cheaper options. They're still going to want that kind of restaurant experience uh, that they've known and loved for the last several years. And they're going to transition to the slightly cheaper option of takeout because mm. um, easier to have leftovers. You don't have to pay for drinks. You don't have to pay for a tip. Yeah. And I think that you can you can still get that restaurant quality food that you might not be able to make at home, but it allows you to have that social gathering in people in people's homes or yeah. out at the park or something so similar to kind of like what we saw with COVID, except it'll be less like obligated to do takeout and more people just opting in just to save a few bucks here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see yeah. that uh, with the state of uh, the economy and uh, inflation and such uh, yeah. and uh, prices of, uh, I mean, things are starting to come down a little bit, but things are def and wages will always be quite a bit behind or at least it seems that way so anywhere where you can save a few bucks here and there absolutely it gives an opportunity opportunity for different like business ideas of like how do we how do we ensure the quality of the food for that for takeout? You know what I mean? Like I think of fries or something fried as sitting in a box to stay warm. They get kind of soggy after a while. Right. So is there a a clever way? I I know some restaurants poke holes in it to let the steam out. So they, it becomes less or it's less likely to become soft and mushy, but I Mm -hmm. wonder if there's other technologies out there that can help. Uh, And then as well, some to, to reduce uh, waste, uh, it'd be nice to see more biodegradable options that are affordable for restaurants yeah. and uh, yeah. rather than all, all the plastic. Because I think the Canadian government has banned a lot of single, or, or the BC government. The BC def- government definitely has. Yeah, it's, there's been different bans at different levels. Yeah. yeah. There's so been like municipal bans and provincial and some governmental bans. Totally. The the problem with that is that they're so much more expensive than the conventional mm-hmm. that it's really hard to factor that into the cost without seeing a you know dollar or two increase on takeout just for the takeout. But there's a lot of well, there's not a lot, 
But there is a couple brands in Vancouver that are creating reusable containers that you mm-hmm. just sign up for as a program and you get them with like a QR code on them and you take them back to any location where they can be returned Brilliant. and then they get brought back. And so it's just like, it's almost like bringing your own containers, but the company uh, professionally sanitizes it and washes it and you don't have to bring in the container for it to be plated or, or boxed up. It already is being um, done in that fashion. So it's kind of like you get loner returnable containers, which is pretty cool. That is, that's a great idea. Um, And so it'd be interesting to see if more of those programs become uh, more widely used. It'd also be nice to see some like companies who are working towards more biodegradable options, get some government subsidies or something along those lines to keep costs down for restaurants. And yeah, um, that's a field I would love to work in. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, Just as a quick shout out to two companies I know off the top of my head that are doing those returnable containers. There's Sharewares Mm -hmm. operating out of Vancouver, and there is Reusables operating out of Vancouver. Oh, cool. And they both have slightly different business models, so don't need to dive into it. But if anyone is interested, take a look. They've got food and drink options for both of those types of containers. Sweet. Yeah. What a great business idea. I wonder if that's going to be a more uh, appealing market as time goes on and uh i think so yeah yeah so i wonder if restaurants would eventually like it'd be interesting to see if there would be a restaurant that comes out that is just takeout like there's nowhere for you to sit it is literally like a kitchen that um, there's a little window and you just come and take your food and off you go and then uh, like another window to return your reusable items and like you can have like a maybe a smaller office space so there's less overhead in terms of space that you have to rent or lease and uh you can keep your kind of costs down. And uh, well, I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of business models that way. Even kind of, e- even some of like the places like McDonald's and whatever they have some tables. But yeah, yeah drive-throughs. Like a lot of places are expect not expecting you to stay and sit down, and so they cater to the takeout market. What we normally see though with that is not the kind of sus- more sustainable places. So I see mm-hmm. places that we've talked about on the show, like Big Wheel and some of the the other kind of faster food options as really taking off in that field and Mm -hmm. being more environmentally conscious, but also really focusing on that kind of um, exceptional takeout experience as well. So is that your second prediction for 2024? What's that? Of more like um, higher quality fast food. (laughs) Oh, I think, I think that's going to be a shift in the, in the takeout market. We're going to be focusing more and producing high quality, faster food. So that people, if people aren't having to have the forethought of f- calling 45 minutes ahead or how like day ahead if they want a bigger meal and mm-hmm. being able to just kind of get those those things I, I i'm not saying that the the big companies like are going to make higher quality fast food i think that we're going to see actually quite a big gap between the the um cost and quality or the if the cheaper places like the mcdonald's and burger kings i, mm-hmm. I could also see their prices steadily increasing and catching up more quickly with the conventional takeout places. Right. Uh, now we are going to do what we like to call the inaugural edition of the Tasties, the Tasty uh, Awards. In yeah. uh, in honor of the office of the... Uh, the Dundies, the yeah. The Dundies, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. These so, are our version so way, of the Dundies. Exactly, yeah. And yeah, and we're not we're not doing like a voted system. We're narrowing it down. Maybe one day we'll do that. Yeah. But right now it's it's uh, one of us asking what was your best blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then each of us are going to answer that. And so and we, we hope that you uh, enjoy it. But if you have any 
additional responses to the questions that we ask and you'd like to share with us, please reach out on DM or by email at host at tastebcradio.ca. And we would love to share any feedback that we get with listeners in the new year. Yes. So we've got some awards categories. We're going to start with our starter. Our appetizer, uh, if you will. It, yeah, yeah. Our appetizer. Uh, what, Dan, would mm-hmm. you say was the best beer that you tried all year? Mm. Oh, man, that is a tough. So we're doing this, we're recording, and we're doing these kind of awards blindly. And so we yes. haven't had time yeah. to predict, to come up with answers. So this will be right off the top of our head. I think my favorite beer of the year was the Caribbean Stout by Small Gods. It was just the most, one of the most interesting and palatable stouts that I've ever had. It was the perfect balance of really, really interesting. And every sip had this incredible, like, journey from the tip of my tongue to the back of my palate. And and yet I felt like I could drink multiple pints of it and not feel kind of overwhelmed or sick afterwards. Of Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that one definitely goes for best beer that i've had this this year um which is so typical because i talk about small gods a lot but they i think they definitely deserve it because they uh they For are sure. knocking a lot of these right out of the park all right now jeff what is your yeah. favorite beer of the year uh this one even though i have the recency of the raven passion fruit orange ghost pepper sour yeah. i don't think that that was the best beer that i tasted i think it's probably the most surprising Mm -hmm. but i think that the best beer that i tasted was the steel and oak arizona which is the prickly pear hazy ipa and that one i could drink endlessly it has just a hint of sweetness it's got the juiciness from the hazy it's got a nice balance of hop and um i it's yeah it's the first beer i graded a five on untapped which isn't saying much because i've only been on there for three months but um (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just such an incredible beer and so sessionable, so crushable. And even for me, I'm starting to drink less and less beer. But mm-hmm. this one is one that just really stands out as just, I, I wouldn't change a, a thing about nice. it. That's yeah. awesome. I'm going to start with the next one. because So you're going to do double. What was your best brewery experience overall? Oh, there's been some good ones. Yeah. For sure. I think I'm going to have to hand this one to Camp. Ooh, nice. Yeah, Camp Beer. Um, I've been there a number of times. It's been incredible every time. The mm-hmm. tin can nachos are just <laughs> to die for. There's yeah. un- they're, they're unparalleled in any, other, in any other way. Their food is incredible. Uh, service is really great. Um, and I just really like the vibes in there. It's, mm-hmm. it's exactly what you'd expect if you went to a cabin and wearing flannel and there's like a a bear hunted up on the wall. There isn't a camp, but like that's kind of like the yeah. vibes that you'd expect. Yeah. Um, and it's the first place I suggest going as an experience for anybody that kind of is in that area. Um, I just really love the balance and contrast of the beers that they have. I love the style and the the look, and it's pretty easy to get to. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a big parking lot that's often quite full, but you can usually get parking. And I just think the overall experience is just wonderful. I think there's some very close competitors and honorable mentions, but uh, Camp, I think, is the one that stands out for me. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. And for you, Dan, best brewery experience? Mine is, might be a little bit of a surprise because it's a one that's been around Victoria for a really long time, but they've only just recently opened a tasting room. And 
for multiple reasons, this was my favorite experience here on the island, uh, and it's Driftwoods uh, uh, Brewery. So we went there a few times, and I just found the vibe there. It's got a really nice patio. There's yes. it's kind of just outside of Victoria, but there's a, it's right beside like the Galloping Goose, so you can ride your bike there, and often a lot of people do. A little bit of parking, and but you can always seem to find parking. It's um, a really nice open patio uh, that's open to dogs and kids and stuff. So it was really like family uh, oriented, and the brewery inside I just found found myself like tasting the beer but also just looking around and it kind of makes you feel like you're around the dock or something or under the water and there's a bunch of like animals like hanging out uh, on the ceiling and the beer when we were there is spectacular there's a lot of their mainstays that are that i really enjoy um but then some of their new stuff that i hadn't tried before is fantastic i think of their kentucky common as being one of their standout ones that was just out of this world for me um and every time we went there the service was wonderful there are people there were really really nice i just i found myself really enjoying myself there quite a bit amazing yeah i had the pleasure of going with you after the race in october during thanksgiving and yeah i was blown away as well i would I would put that up there with my honorable mentions for sure as nice. well. So Awesome. Yeah. Oh, and also they had dumpling drop for food, which is always a, a tasty treat. Yeah, the food was fantastic there too, yeah. I, was, I must admit. They also had, oh, what was the yuzu thing that they had that I just... Oh, the yuzu um, Brussels sprouts. Oh, right. The yuzu Brussels sprouts, yeah. And uh, avid yeah. listeners of the show will know I'm a sucker for yuzu. So um, I was. <laughs> those were phenomenal, yeah. Uh, okay, best bite of food that you had this year. Best bite of food. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no, I might sound like a broken record, but um it's that that um the Thai curry that the had that they had from Dumpling Drop at Driftwood Curry was probably my wow, favorite. Okay. It was one of my favorite curries, I think, of all time. There was lots of vegetables, lots of uh chicken. The the sauce was rich but not too rich. And it just every bite was just spectacular. It was definitely one of my favorites, um, for sure. Probably I, I looked out for it when we went to Dumpling Drop, and I don't think they do it at their or at their original restaurant. It might just be at Driftwood. And uh, oh, it That's was amazing. just spectacular. Yeah. How about you, Jeff? What was your favorite bite of food? I must admit, it was more of a slurp than it was a bite, but it was food. Uh-huh. It was a soup. Ooh. And I, this is. This might surprise you, but it was the hangover soup from Grounds and Greens in White Rock. Oh. And it's just this absolutely beautiful, super rich, kind of kind of tastes like um like chicken ramen broth mm. almost. Yeah. Uh and then it has sliced garlic. Uh, there's, I'm sure there's tons of powdered garlic in there. You get that really like toasty garlic flavor. You get a bunch of like roasted garlic. So you don't get any of the sharpness from like raw garlic. Mm-hmm. You just get the really like sweet and kind of pungent garlic from, from roasted garlic. And there's croutons, give it a bit of a crunch, uh, some green onions, if I remember correctly. And it's, it's kind of in the same wheelhouse of like a miso soup where, mm-hmm. uh, you just get this really hearty, warming, light broth with just a really pungent flavor and i i talk about a lot of fancy food and but especially with my culinary history i really appreciate just a super super basic simple perfectly seasoned and just like something that's like really committed to its flavor profile it's like strong but it's not overwhelming and it's just really well balanced and i 
I could have that soup every single day for the rest of my life and be <laughs> totally happy with it. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. All right. My que- my next question for you, what was your what was your favorite or what was the best new beer style that you've never tried before? Cold IPA. I knew it. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Which I will say as well for uh, people who don't know, I believe is also being called a IPL, Imperial oh. Pale Lager. Between cold IPA and IPL, uh, which are, as far as I'm concerned, the same thing, same process, basically a hopped lager. Oh, hopped lager is another term for it. <laughs> Not quite the same, but similar. Close enough. Uh, I, I find them to be very good. It, like, like I said, I've, I've been drinking a little bit less beer this year. Mm-hmm. So not that you could tell from the show, but I've been <laughs> drinking a little bit less beer. And I find that it is a really nice balance of getting that kind of floral hoppiness. It's not too much, but it stays super light and refreshing mm-hmm. in the lager style. And I think that possibly maybe part of it is getting older, but I'm finding that the lighter beers are easier to drink. I don't yeah. feel as heavy afterwards. And I can have more of them. So um, I'm, I really enjoy the complexity of a of an IPA and to be able to get that with one that doesn't kind of feel as heavy afterwards mm-hmm. and is a little bit more refreshing. The IPL or cold IPA, I think it's just been just fantastic. Totally. Yeah. I'm with you on that yeah. one. It's uh, it seems like a little bit, di- it tastes a little bit dialed down in terms of the hops, but you still get that complexity and like a little bit of hoppiness, but it's definitely a lot lighter and a lot more, I would say overall pleasant to drink yeah. rather than like, yeah. And I think, punch I, you in the I face. think loggers get a, Exactly. Yeah. And I think that loggers get a bit of a bad rap and I think that this is going to kind of change the tune on it. So totally. Now, what about you? I'm going to common. (laughs) No, uh, I'm going uh, a similar route to you, but I really enjoyed the uh, cold pale ale. So the, from the space case that I talked about last episode, their cold pale ale by Phillips, um, that you were only able to get in the tasting room was just fantastic. And it was the same, same kind of vibe that you describe, um, even more toned down in terms of hops, but you still got this like really clean, crisp, easy drinking, um, beer that wasn't overly hoppy, but it didn't also take like, it did it, it. it did not taste like a generic beer that you could just get like um, anywhere, right? Like it still right. had that uniqueness to it. So I think I, I'm I'm curious to see if this becomes more of a uh, if they start doing more and more like interesting variations on the cold kind of fermentation process to different right. styles to see if they can do some different things with your more traditional uh, beer styles. So that that'll be uh, that's my second prediction for 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Um, and then is there any recipe, whether that's like a food item or a drink item that is new to you? This is a little bit more generic, not a mm. best of, but a like a best new recipe that you've discovered. So it could be like if it was the first time you ever had a burrito and like now you're obsessed with burritos or if it's... A- I'm always obsessed with burritos. <laughs> Does that question make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, okay, perfect. I think we've been doing this for a while now but i've been but especially since our son has been born we i've been really appreciating like for recipes that are really easy to make but are still full of uh good food and like high in nutrients but high in flavor profiles and something that always seems to be like a, a go-to is a sheet pan gnocchi dish where it's just basically okay. gnocchi and then a bunch of cut up vegetables and then a, a sauce or a dressing on top after they've been in the oven and it's literally just that you just put it into a thing put it in the oven and off you go 
for 40 Amazing. minutes or so. Um, you get a little bit of potato from the gnocchi, um, and it's filling, but, and, and you get tons of vegetables in it, and you can add different sauces and stuff. My, my go-to, and I can already feel my wife rolling her eyes as she's listening to this, um, but it, my go-to <laughs> is uh, the sweet chili sauce. It's just, I put that, oh, I yeah. put that shit on everything. <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it yeah yeah simplicity simplicity is best honestly it's it's so much it's so good yeah yeah and you could just do so many different things with it it doesn't have to be the same vegetables over and over again it can be completely different ones and it still is easy and fun and tasty and healthy healthy exactly yeah I imagine yeah yeah how about you what is your favorite recipe well I had a much simpler answer for this, but you've inspired me. So I'm going to tell you my version of kind of what you do first. Uh, for me, it's I take a bunch of vegetables or whatever, and I roast it in on a sheet pan in the oven and get them. And then I put it all into a blender and I uh, make that into kind of a pa- like a nice, thick, rich pasta sauce. And, and you can add in some protein or whatever to make it more of like a bolognese, or you can uh, put in pieces and you can also add in some fresh vegetables as well. But I wonder if gnocchi would blend well. It, no, gnocchi will not blend well, no. <laughs> um, I, I like doing that. I also like uh, making kind of more of like a like a satay or pad thai, pad thai mm, kind of sauce and doing yes. it with veggies and rice. Yeah. Um, I like keeping a lot of really like pungent um, Asian ingredients in my fridge. And I kind of have like a default recipe I do for that with yeah. kind of rice and uh, do you tend to go for variety, like, variety of proteins and and just kind of like frozen veggies to be able to throw it all together pretty quick nice. keep a pot of cooked rice in the fridge so i can do that but Perfect. what i was gonna say was the shaft uh oh yeah, yeah. yes because for me that's the first time i believe this year was the first time i've ever had a shaft i've had espresso martinis before and i didn't even really know what a shaft we've talked about it in the past but i really kind of became aware of the shaft because of you and i had my first shaft, I believe, kind of in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And then in October, we had those amazing shaft flights yes. from uh, Moon Underwater. And I mean, I wouldn't want to have those shafts every single time because they were quite rich and um, it was nice as a flight. But just, yeah, the shaft in general, I think is really, I should drink it more than I do. But I, I it's not my go-to yet because I haven't had enough of them to make it my yeah. go-to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I always think about it, and every time I see one or I think about one, I'm like, oh, I really want that. So yeah, yeah. Do you see them yeah. often in Vancouver? I think that you can order them pretty much anywhere, but mm-hmm. I don't know if most places have them on the menu yet. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Pretty much, if you can do an espresso martini, you can do a shaft. Fair. They just have to know what it is. Yeah. Fair enough. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. I think it's me next. What was your favorite? Mm-hmm non-alcoholic style drink this year what it could have been new it could have been just one that has become more and more interesting to you or yeah yeah whatever but it has to be non-alc yeah uh kefir water for me i thought that might be yours yeah i a year ago i would have said kombucha for sure but uh i've really appreciated the very light and refreshing and clean and simple flavoring of kefir water and it gives a little bit of a note to it and if not for that just basic soda water i've really just become 
obsessed with soda water. But nice. yeah, kefir water, a little bit of that carbonation and some great flavors and some great local companies producing it as well. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. And for you? I'm going, uh, my favorite one, I'm going to be a bit more specific, I think, is going to be the Lumet Lum Rum, which is their non-alk okay. uh, rum substitute, basically. I just find it so tasty, very close to uh, the flavor profile of rum, and then just so um, easy to th- toss into a bunch of different cocktails. So we've got a bottle of it in our uh, in our uh, cabinet, and it just it's a really nice thing to add. Um, you could probably do it with some soda water if you wanted, or you can uh, add it to any kind of rum based um, drink and to take the alcohol out of the out of the equation i haven't made a pina colada with it yet although i think that would be really really interesting i just i literally just thought of that (laughs) (laughs) well i know what you're doing tonight yep 100 (laughs) percent Because I would have, I would have guessed it. You said hop water. Yeah, I. You know what? It was a close. It was a close uh, tie between the two. But I think the diversity of what you can do with that specifically is more appealing, and I think it would appeal to a lot more people as well than Amazing. than hop water. Even though hop water is delicious, and I would drink it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's also a better like one to one substitute. Totally. I would agree yeah, with that. We've already have all these recipes for cocktails and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And my last question is, what was your most surprising experience? I only experience? have one more question too. Oh my God, we're the same person. Perfect. We didn't plan that. <laughs> no, we didn't at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your most surprising experience? <sighs> oh. And that could be experience specific or food or drink specific. Oh man. Um... I think I'm going to go for Swift Brewery. The one I I think I sent yeah. you some pictures and it looks like a, a 70s ho- like basement suite basically when you walk in and um I heard a lot of uh, good things about it but to actually go and experience it in person was uh it was a lot more of a surprisingly pleasant experience and really cool kind of just to go into uh their brewery and um and just experience what kind of it was like back in the 70s it was uh it was just a it was a cool vibe and i really enjoyed yeah. just being there and i can't wait to go back amazing how about you yeah i had a few really good uh food experiences but i kind of expected them because i mm-hmm. i'm like i'm gonna go and you know what really surprised me i was blown away at the experience at dead frog brewing oh yeah i used to drink a ton of dead frog and kind of wrote them off in recent years uh, i'm still willing to try their their beers and drink their beers and enjoy their beers they were one of the first um places that we talked about on the show in terms of what you've been tasting but i went to the brewery itself with a, a friend and uh, a couple of people and first of all they offer a tasting flight of every single beer they have on tap which is 24 beers which mm-hmm. is unbelievable, has to be shared, but still really cool. Second, they have 24 beers on tap and all sorts of different varieties, flavor profiles. There's something for everybody. They had games, they've got live music, they've got really cool merch, their space is incredible, um, and their food was awesome. Sweet. It was really good, yeah, and most notably from that place as well. And it just kind of never made it on onto my list of things to talk about. It's just kind of in my pile of things, so I'll just do it now. <laughs> They're, they have this popcorn and it has, I think it's brewer's yeast and a couple other seasonings on it. And it is to die for. It is so addicting. Um, 
allegedly, according to our friend, they used to sell the seasoning mix yeah. years ago or a couple of year year or two ago, and uh, now they don't. So now you got to actually go in and get the the popcorn oh. itself to to get the seasoning. Oh darn! Mix and <laughs> yeah, no, it's incredible. So I very very thoroughly enjoyed the uh, brewery experience there, and I was very surprised because I thought it would be is. If you don't know, it's one of the older breweries in Vancouver in terms of how long it's been around and how well it's established. And mm-hmm. so I kind of expected one of those kind of routine experiences. And I've, I've found that they've really done a good job keeping up, especially with all the competition popping up in Langley. So ah, interesting. Yeah. I think a goal of 2024 is for the four of us, five of us. Well, one of them will not be drinking the beer, but we should go and have. Well, it's do- okay. He can drive. He can drive. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And to have that entire flight, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think that'd be great. I think that's yeah, there's be so many places I want to show you guys over here. You just gotta I know. You just gotta make the journey. You just gotta be able to get out and away from, you know, work and home and yeah. it's tough, yeah. Hundred percent. I my last question it might be a little bit for lack of a better term, might be a little bit unfair. Okay. Because it wasn't talked about on this show. However, it should have been, uh, because my question to you, what was your favorite missed feel-good story? And I... Missed feel-good story. So, I'll give you my example first. Um, Okay. There was... So, as we know, there was, like, uh, horrendous, like, forest fires throughout BC this year. Um, Right. uh, And... One of the breweries that uh, you and I have both been to and loved, uh, Twin Cities over in Port, Port Alberni, they were cut off from uh, their their highway was basically shut down for I don't know multiple right. weeks at least, and so they weren't able to get shipments of uh, of grain and malt and stuff because the road was shut down, and so their right. companies weren't able to ship the the ingredients for them to continue brewing beer, and so when they kind of uh said this and it became public um the head brewer and owner of Cumberland Brewery who also just happens to be a pilot flew <laughs> ingredients from Cumberland to port o- over the top of the of the shutdown highway and dropped off a ton of ingredients for them to continue brewing beer and keeping their business wow. in check uh, so that was kind of my, uh, I don't know if you have a story like that. I honestly just read about it this morning and, and when I was researching a couple of like, what was I even, I don't even know what I was looking up <laughs> and, uh, that came across this uh, amazing story. And so I wanted to see if there was any missed feel good stories about the industry that you may have, uh, we may have not talked about or, and uh, that's why I say it's a little bit unfair because it's kind of a little bit out there, but I thought this yeah, was a yeah. really cool story to share and I wanted to end the, have a, have a nice feel good story for one of our last episodes. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything as amazing as that, but, uh, one, one thing I will point out is that, uh, a, and they're going to come up shortly too, mm-hmm. um, for less exciting reasons, but, <laughs> um, top rope beeria just uh, it was a food truck uh for those who didn't hear the episode is a food truck uh serves basically birria tacos and sometimes some nachos and he did a couple of other small things as well um as time went on but he was going strong had a great relationship with um strange fellows brewing and was there all through the summer four days a week spring maybe fall anyway it doesn't matter earlier in the year he was there four days a week had a really great reputation everyone seemed to 
really be enjoying the place. And he returned from doing a location at the food truck in New West one day and had to leave leave early because he got a phone call that the commissary had burnt down. Oh, no. And so it was a really devastating time for him and Top Rope and a couple other places oh. that shared the commissary. And he decided to shut down. Um, oh. But it was a new opportunity for him. And he was able to decide to move with his wife to Nanaimo. And they're moving probably as we speak, actually, at the end of this, this year. Um, but what was really amazing and actually kind of turned this situation around was he took a few weeks off to kind of recuperate and figure out what he wanted to do and had his business license till the end of the year and decided, well, may as well just kind of do one last hurrah. And so he opened up periodically over the like like twice a month for the last like four months of the year and, and kind of did kind of like a farewell tour, if you will. I love it. And uh, all the customers came out to support him and say goodbye. And even just being there and saying uh, like saying, I think the the last weekend I was able to see him was Halloween weekend. Yeah. And I think he did maybe, and that was kind of his official last day. Mm -hmm. I think he did one more pop-up in November, but um, all the people coming out and saying, we're going to miss you. And you could see that he was just emotional about it and just so, so sad to, to see it go, but just the love and support from the, the people coming out to support him and and wish him well was uh, heartwarming. Yeah. I love that. That's great. That's fantastic. And all the best to him and Nanaimo. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure he'll do well there. hundred percent. Yeah. I I was talking to him about it. Sounds like he might be opening up something out there in some capacity, but um, just going to kind of settle in first and see what happens. So I'm going to be keeping my eye out for sure. hundred percent. I will as well. Well, that will bring us into the, uh, what we're calling the in memoriam uh, portion of this episode. So I spoke about, basically this section is kind of all the places that have unfortunately shut down that we've talked about uh, and they shut down this year or sooner since we didn't do this last year. But um, so the first one obviously is Top Rope Beria. Uh, Sad to see them go. Mm -hmm. Wish him all the best. And uh, I don't need to say anything else about it because I just kind of covered the story. But Nice. That actually um, roped in quite nicely. It top roped right in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Dan, do you, you have a place? I do, yeah. Uh, thankfully, my list is quite small, but the uh, first one I want to do is uh, the Victoria branch of La Taqueria uh, shut oh. down pretty much just after we talked about it. Oh, no, that's <laughs> yeah. a shame. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was such a special place to you, too. It was, yeah. It was. Uh, it, kept me, it kept me going through the Advanced Care Paramedic Program, and uh, yeah. I remember going there after pretty much every exam to wallow in my sorrows. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I I actually went to the Brentwood location nice. uh, recently in October for a friend's birthday, and um, it was awesome. It's hey, a really great experience. I guess I'll really just have to go over and, there to go to remind yeah. myself how great they are, <laughs> and just get brought back to your miserable days of school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, next for me is a place out in Abbotsford called Pink Avo. They mm-hmm. were so sweet. One of the first places that reached out to us specifically afterwards and and said such nice things and actually responded to things we talked about on the episode and stuff. And that was really kind of rewarding feeling. Um, But they ended up just kind of 
not being able to keep the doors open and closed at the end of July or late, late July this year. Um, but the kind of nice news about that is that they handed it over to kind of company friends uh, to open a new location of the Pie Hole. So the company Pie Hole in Vancouver, who I've never been to, um, but apparently they are kind of close and chummy with the owners of Pinkavo, um, were able to use that opportunity to open a new location in Abbotsford. So Amazing. Um, from the ashes rises a phoenix, maybe? Yeah. I have to go check it out and let you know. 100%. <laughs> love it i'm glad that it can't there was a a good ending to that that's good yeah yeah i got one more yeah and it's uh one that we did i did a little bit of uh um, again it um closed pretty much right after we'd yeah (laughs) or uh well you had you had done this one on purpose a little bit yeah yeah it was more of like uh so i just uh wanted to hash it out again and that's clark and co we didn't get to experience it as much as we would want to just we never uh kind of got into the craft cocktail world until they were close to shutting down and uh Mm -hmm. they were just an amazing place that uh really brought us into the world of craft cocktails and uh they will they will definitely be missed yeah i think the owners are the same now in the new place and it's now a wine and cheese bar so i'll have to go check it out (laughs) yeah perfect yeah. Um, and then the last one I have, and I believe the last one for this list, is Studio Brewing. And they Aww. technically didn't actually make it onto any official episode, but they were mentioned in last year's bonus episode of Things mm-hmm. I Did in the Summer. Mm-hmm. And they were really good for the community in terms of creating events that people could go to, like summer patio parties and um they opened a run club uh, about mm-hmm. six months ago, maybe, and that kind of gains a bit of traction. But unfortunately, they're they, well. First of all, they opened during COVID, which mm-hmm. hard uh, is it, hard. Um, now, also, we're seeing kind of a bit of a decline in, um, seeing a bit of decline in beer drinking. As we know, mm-hmm. uh, their facility wasn't able to facilitate much of a kitchen, mm-hmm. and it's out of the way from other similar businesses is in a very industrial area it's close to a sky train but uh it's definitely a purpose a purposeful trip so if they didn't have food trucks it was hard to kind of make it like a a night of it or a meal of it right and they got a lot of people biking the greenway and and stopping in and stuff and they they were just a great little place tons of games I, i really enjoyed studio and i'm sad to see them go um but uh i think that's just kind of a a series of unfortunate events that that caused this to happen in terms of just the economy the location the how hard it is to really keep a license up in burnaby i've heard is is difficult mm-hmm. they actually i mean we're recording this on the 20th and they close on the 22nd so um you know, hoping to swing by and get get one last beer or or four pack or something because yeah. i really liked what they did it's just absolutely it's disappointing yeah yeah, I remember we went there uh, the four of us and it was a it was a lovely experience. I quite yeah. enjoyed it as well. So, sad to see them yeah. go. Yeah, I wish them the best and I hope that uh, they land on their feet where whatever they end up doing. So. Mm-hmm. Agreed same. All right, so we're starting to wrap up this episode. I hope that everyone has great holiday season. Mm-hmm. We have one more thing we're going to talk about, but then after the credits, we're going to do an extended blooper reel from things from this season uh from this year that uh never made it onto the blooper reel or cut cut from the show 
Yes. And it's not a ton, but it's more than the usual kind of 30 second clip. So if you want to hear us be just absolute goofballs, stick around for that. <laughs> but the last thing we wanted to say is just thank you to everybody. Uh, we've seen some substantial growth this year, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the Spotify, I shared some of the Spotify wrapped on our Instagram account. And one of the greatest feelings is seeing uh, the vendors reach out to us and interact with Love us. Uh, just because really, we're doing this because A, we want to just talk about great things that we eat and drink. And B, we want to support the small businesses in 100%. the province that we live in. And so seeing them react and be happy and be ecstatic that we're sharing them and and talking about them, even if it is to a, a smaller handful of listeners, and maybe we could if we did all like the buzzwords and the <laughs> like the the big things that podcasts do to yeah to grow and and maintain. I mean, we just post once a once an episode and just a basically a check out your episode post. So yeah, we're really seeing some incredible things, and it's really great to see. Dan, I want to know do you, can do you think you can guess what our top episode of the year was? Oh God, um... and I'm going to give you a hint. We normally do better on breweries, oh. but the top episode was not a brewery. Oh, really? Yeah. I have no idea. It was episode 19. Okay. It was Red Horse's Vineyard and Le Vieux Pain. Oh, no way. And it was streamed 105% more than our average episode. Wow. Isn't that incredible? That is, yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. I guess we should do more wineries. Yeah, I know. We also had 82% of our listeners listen to us for the first time in 2023. Wow. That's pretty good. Which is good. I mean, we were only around for seven months in last year, but still 2022. But that's still, I mean, you expect to get a lot of people kind of in the first six months or so, especially when a lot of them are your friends. So (laughs) I think that's a a huge growth for us, which is really wonderful. Mm -hmm. The number one, this is, this is great. Actually, the number one episode that people started at was Grounds and Greens Cafe and the Tug Eatery and Bar. No episode way. 25. Really? Yeah. So Maybe tw- everyone got in for the hangover soup. <laughs> <laughs> or the halloumi fries. Or Oh. oh. Can't go wrong with that. Nope. <laughs> I forgot about those halloumi fries. Oh, so good. We actually had our Christmas party at the Tug Eatery, and they were serving uh, appies, uh, and there was a lot of halloumi fries. And I had Be honest, Dan. How many halloumi fries did you eat? I don't want to say. It was probably in the double digits. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I I would easily have in the double digits. <laughs> All right. Also, our our podcast listeners, their number one other genre that they listen to was comedy. Two is true crime, and three was sports. Nice. Uh, which I believe that we fall into the category of all of these three yes, things. 100%. Competitive <laughs> Especially eating Especially true drinking. crime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the crime of not having enough delicious food. Yeah, exactly. Can you guess what our most shared episode was? This time it was brewing. It was the Phillips episode? No. Oh. But that also doesn't narrow it down because there's like four of them. <laughs> but, uh, oh yeah, there was, I guess the Felix, like, uh, the, the Phillips, main topic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The main one, yeah. Yeah. No, it was episode 26, Love Shack Libations nice. and Backcountry Brewing. Nice. Yeah. Also, I think that Phyllis episode was in 2022. So. Oh, dang it. That wouldn't be on here. <laughs> so close. And this is just an absolute massive thank you to all of our listeners. At least on Spotify, our podcast rating was 5.0. Wow. <laughs> Holy yeah. moly. Now, what that means is either everyone absolutely loves us and rates us that way, or one person has rated us and everybody else needs to get their act together. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's the first one. <laughs> 
for the record, Dan and I haven't rated us, so yes, no. it's not just us. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give us a solid four and a half anyway. <laughs> yeah. Now the really the really amazing numbers here. We had a eighty percent increase in listeners. That's unique listeners. We had a fifty four percent increase in streams. Part of that can be um, accredited to actually doing a full year this year. Mm-hmm. We had a seventy seven percent increase in followers on Spotify alone. Wow. Yeah. And we increased our minutes of um, podcasting. Our minutes of media we increased by ninety percent. Mm, which probably is which due makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. Se- seven seven months in yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still pretty cool right i i was thinking 90 was a lot bigger than it was but it's not <laughs> <laughs> wow what a year and uh so yeah this one we shared I, I think i shared on on instagram as well we were a top 10 podcast for 32 different people nice which for That's our cool. little twice a month podcast i think is just wow. something that i'm so <laughs> proud of and so just humbled and honored 100 uh, we wow. were a top of those 32, we were in their top five for 25 people. Wow. And of those 25 people, we were the number one podcast for nine people. That's pretty good. That's more than, yeah. like, nine is a higher number than our Honestly, parents. nine is more than I expected listened in the first place. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, and, oh, this, this, funny, this funny stat pops up. It says top fans listen to you 1.4 times more than the other listeners. Yeah. But when I saw it, the... 1.4 times is a lot bigger than the rest of the wording and i thought it said i thought that was the speed at which most people listen to us and so i thought the average listen speed was 1.4 i'm like okay sure yeah fair enough <laughs> everybody's busy you know yeah <laughs> that's brilliant yeah i so what an amazing year for us i'm i'm so humbled and proud and happy and I, again that's Likewise. just the spotify information so if you come to us from other podcast apps we're blessed to have you and 100%. please Make sure to take a moment. Let's make 2024 even better. 100%. I feel like we've worked out a lot of the sound kinks, too. <laughs> we recorded the intro, we re- and we've added the music, which yeah. I've been getting nothing but good feedback about. 100%. I've figured out a lot of the balancing between Dan and my sound levels, so mm-hmm. that it, Dan's not as <laughs> overpowered by my my recording as his i'm just excitable what can i say i'm a golden retriever yeah we, <laughs> but yeah i mean i when we first started this podcast i originally was so proud at like how disciplined we, the recordings were and yeah. how like we had this kind of the intro and outro which has barely changed since we started totally uh, we had the sound effect uh, between the transitions and what i thought was really really good editing skills 100 percent. uh and now when i go back i'm i'm quite uh embarrassed by the sound <laughs> quality of a lot of those episodes oh but, come on that's partly to do with they're listenable they and are. that's the important part yeah and so part but, of the reason is that i didn't realize that i had been recording from my microphone from my laptop the entire time despite having the yes. laptop pl- or the microphone plugged in <laughs> And um, coincidentally, I have that recording queued up to be in the blooper reel, so <laughs> you'll hear all about that then. Perfect. Huge thank you. I've, you've been doing all the thank yous. Huge thank you to all of our listeners. This has been an incredible experience. I, I am equally as humbled as Jeff is at, uh, at, the, at everybody listening to us, and uh, it's just been an incredible experience. But I want to hu- give a huge shout out to Jeff, who does a lot all of the editing because i have no clue what i would be doing and so he has he takes a hundred percent of the credit there um he has done an amazing job and he's an amazing partner to work with and i greatly enjoy every uh every time we record together 
Well, Dan, I was going to try to get to you first, but <laughs> I just want to say thank you. I, I've always been um, jealous of the, the depth in which you're able to get information about your the places you talk about, and you talk so beautifully about their stories, and you do such a good job finding that stuff, whereas for me, it's a bit more of um, just kind of anecdotal in my experience, and mm. it's really caused me to level up on, on the quality of kind of storytelling that I've done. I was uh, going to say, likewise to you, the amount of depth and knowledge that you bring to the show, like, oh man, it is incredible. You have such a gift of culinary, um, culinary arts, I guess, like culinary... <laughs> I don't know the word. Uh, <laughs> add it to the blooper reel. Um, knowledge? <laughs> no, culinary knowledge. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that it, it blows me out of the water every single time, man. It is uh, just a joy to listen to you uh, describe how food uh, and drinks uh, make you feel and how it's more than just nutrients and it's more than just eating because we have to. It's, it's, uh, it's an experience every time we uh, put something into our mouths. Yeah. I, well, Dan, I, I uh, we could wax poetic for the rest of 100%. time, but we got to stop at some point. So <laughs> thank you, Dan. Thank you, everybody who's listening. Uh, we hope you continue with us all the way through 2024. We're hoping to make a couple changes to the show through 2024 and kind of continue to grow and expand and just kind of improve the quality of what we're producing. And we do this all on, on our own time. We, we never want to have ads. We never want to have... Yeah any kind of you know interruption to the show we're just here to have a good time and talk about the things that we love and we hope that you're here for the same listening experience absolutely uh, if you do want to support us there is the patreon we don't expect it by any means we are doing this either way but if you know in the in the holiday spirit you feel like giving we would we would love it all the money just goes back into the show so 100%. Thank you, everybody. Stick around for the bloopers after the credits. And that about wraps it up for this leg of our journey. Taste BC Radio is recorded, edited, and produced by Jeff Wilson and me, Dan Kavanaugh. You can continue the journey and check out everywhere we talked about today in the show notes and our Taste BC map. Make sure to follow us at Taste BC Radio on Instagram and Facebook. And we'd love to have you join our community on Patreon. You can also now connect with us on Untapped. Links are in the show notes. Tune in next time to find out what we will be tasting next. And never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app. In the meantime, make sure to rate and review the show. This really helps us grow and we really do appreciate the feedback. Until next time, support local and keep it tasty. Nice. Alright, one, two, three. Wait, I thought we were clapping on three. That's right. I, I, you, I got confused. Why did you say three? <laughs> okay. One, two. I... My uh now that I'm now that I pushed on microphone, I don't know if like my waves look different than before. I wonder if I've been not recording through the microphone this entire time. The smoke point from Shelter Point <laughs> really, really stood out as um clearly hand over feet. Is that the expression? Clearly hand over, hands over f- hand over fist? Hand Doesn't over matter. Fist. Yeah. Um but well, yeah, Dan, so I don't, I don't actually think that we have been there, but I definitely would like to. Oh, interesting. I could have sworn we brought you there, uh, but maybe I'm wrong. I have been known to forget details. I think maybe we were going to or something and then just couldn't or something. I'm not sure. I think I remember you talking about it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I would remember going there and not, but I don't ah, know. Who knows? Fair enough. <laughs> and it's not, and it, I mean, let's be honest here. My uh, memory is not the uh, most reliable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was your other best friend. Yeah, yeah. I don't have one. Come on. Remember, oh, you're my only friends. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> As it should be. As it, yeah, absolutely.
and this brewery knocked all the breweries out of the park. Uh, knock their beers knocked us out of the park. Nope, White Sails beers not were knocked out of the park. They were. Um, have a look. Or oh my god, where did their address go? I thought I would be in contact. In us. an effort to, in an effort to maintain the organic nature of their growth, they don't post the, they don't post the address online, and you have to find it. Yes, yeah, you have to. It's it's by scent. You have to yeah. smell. You have to smell the liqueurs. You can only um, go in if you were invited by someone who's been there before. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a pa- new password every day. Yeah. Yeah. I think you may have said the email wrong. Host at tastebcradio.ca? Yeah, I don't think you said tastebcradio. I think you said just oh, tastebc.ca. Okay. That's because that's my portion of the intro. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> Smash potatoes are trending on TikTok right now. They, are they trending yeah. on TikTok? Really? I mean... Yeah. I always just, I think I've said this before, but I always imagine like the chef in the background with like a hammer just being like, die, 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 <laughs> die, die. It's actually a bit of a misnomer because you really? very gently push it down because you oh. want them to be consistent sizes, right? Oh, but, silly. Yeah. I think we should try the hammer idea.